For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Amanda Glasner, Deputy Editor at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. Heather, welcome back. It's good to be speaking with you again. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Today's story comes out of Maryland. The Baltimore Post Examiner, which is a small publisher, suffered a hack on its Facebook page. For about three weeks, readers were advised to avoid the social media page as officials worked alongside Facebook staff to get access back. It has now fortunately been restored, but let's unpack this for our listeners. What do you make of this incident? So to talk a little bit more about the story, the Baltimore Post Examiner published a letter to their readers that said after three weeks, Facebook has restored our company's Facebook page and we now have full control. It's safe to visit and share content. They had advised readers to not go to their Facebook page until further notice. And they listed out some of the reasons that hackers might do this, which in this case would be to gain access to stored credit cards, which would create financial issues. And they again asked their readers to not click on anything from their Facebook page. So this is a really interesting story because when we work with companies, particularly when we're planning for incident response or communications, this is one of the things that we always bring up is how secure are your social media communications channels? Exactly. Over the last year, we've seen an increase in hacks targeting the social media channels of smaller businesses. Why do you think this is? And what do you think cyber criminals have to gain from hitting these smaller targets? We wanted to talk about this because very often companies don't secure their social media accounts appropriately. If you've ever managed a page, you know that most of the time you'll log in with your personal account and then you can switch profiles, right, to go and manage that other business page. And the loss of control over your social media accounts as a business or a brand can cause significant reputational damage. For example, when I do tabletop exercises for incident response planning, we always talk about this. During a breach, the loss of control of your social media would allow an attacker to give away information, to make false statements. Maybe they talk about the fact that your company has been hacked before you're ready to put anything out. So there's much to be gained by doing this. Cyber criminals really have found that smaller targets, larger targets, there's value in all of them. Larger targets tend to be a little bit better funded in terms of security. Smaller targets, maybe not so much. But then that puts the smaller company or organization in a position where they might be more likely to pay out, particularly if it's an account being held hostage or some sort of ransomware situation. So obviously, maintaining control of your social media, that's the image that you're putting out to the public. And if you've already had some sort of a breach or you've lost control of your organizational information, you can really have the reputational damage be amplified if the attacker also has control of your social media. I think we saw a lot of this recently with the transition from Twitter to X and all the back and forth with the unverified accounts getting hacked. So it can do a lot of damage when it comes to the public perception of a company. Yeah, and that's a great point. Verifying accounts and being able to use, maybe it's a facial recognition technology or something like that. I know there are dating apps that will do that. You set up your account and it'll verify your face against the photos that you've uploaded on your dating profile. So that's something maybe that more social media needs to have available as an option, particularly for companies that are using it for branding and marketing communications. 
Yes, and jumping off of that a little bit, the specific entry point of this breach remains unconfirmed, but the incident as a whole offers a lot of valuable insights for organizations looking to strengthen their cybersecurity posture. Are there any additional key takeaways we can learn from this case to help other companies proactively mitigate the risk of similar attacks? The first thing is to know what social media accounts you have. A lot of companies will initially set up an Instagram account, but then they find that that's not really an appropriate media for them, or it's not really an appropriate social channel. Not everyone needs an Instagram account, right? So one of the first things is to just know what accounts you have out there. And if there are accounts that you're not using regularly or that you're not seeing a value from continued posting, maybe just deactivate those accounts or do something to make it more difficult for an attacker to gain access to it and take over it. If you're not posting regularly there, you could potentially have a situation where an attacker would take it over and you wouldn't even realize that the attacker has taken over. So the other thing would be to take a look at who is managing your social media accounts and how they're doing it. So if possible, users that have access to a brand social media account should not be accessing it using their personal account, because if their personal account gets compromised, then the brand account also gets compromised. Make sure that you're using multi-factor authentication wherever possible. And again, just maintaining good awareness of what's being posted and who's posting it. Those are all things that companies can do to help mitigate the risk. Some great advice. Heather, thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to catching up again next week. Thanks for having me, Amanda. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Amanda Glasner, Deputy Editor at Cybercrime Magazine. To hear more about the story and others, visit cybercrimewire.com. And for more of our media, you can visit our website at cybersecurityventures.com.